When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. This is Scott Benjamin. I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. I'm joined by Ben, just back from vacation bowling. How you doing, Ben? I am doing well. Uh, you know what? I think a lot of people disagree with me, but I kind of I, I don't know if I'm suited for vacation. Mr. B, really? I like that yeah. relaxing life. Uh, it's not for you. I'm not a relaxed person. You know the copious <laughs> amounts of coffee well, I drink. I also know your vacation wasn't like terribly relaxing. As far as then, you were you were pretty active. You weren't just laying on a beach somewhere. Oh yeah, yes sir. We were going places, doing things, taking names. Uh, we were in New York City, my girlfriend and I, and we met a lot of lovely people. And I spent the week without a car, which was kind of weird. Hmm. I don't know if I could do it. Um. You could do it more easily than you could spend a week with a car. Yeah, I think you're right. In Just Manhattan the, and Brooklyn and the stuff. The crowded uh, aspect of the city. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's um, there's just more and more buildings, more and more cars. And, and it's a – you know what occurred to me? I wanted to send some pictures out. This city has got to be one of the toughest places to own a vehicle in the States. I'm sure Boston's really bad too because they have those older narrow streets. Mm-hmm. But – in New York, as well as Boston, consider the weather, man. It's got to be nuts. True. Yeah, imagine, uh, I guess, the city streets when they get piled up with three feet of snow. Yeah. As they sometimes do. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not very often, but it happens. And uh, like you said, Boston's pretty difficult to drive in. I know Chicago is a little confusing to, to outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of traffic here in Atlanta. There's Cities have a multitude of problems. Um, um, you know, there's also a lot of good points about it, though. You said that public transportation was excellent there. Oh, right? yeah, spot on. No complaints. They had, yeah. Scott, they, you know how you'll sometimes see in Atlanta or in another city someone playing an instrument busking on the street, street corner, excuse me. Sure. Um, I saw part of a marching band just wailing on the subway. So I had to give those guys a dollar. That's unusual. I yeah, it wasn't the whole band, but it was like I was telling you before we recorded, maybe more than ten people, mm-hmm. and uh, saw somebody playing a saw, playing a saw, a saw. Bro, oh, with a like uh, with a bow, with a bow. Oh, you know yeah. what? That's an interesting sound, isn't it? It's a weird sound. Yeah, I checked their hat just to see if someone was actually giving them money. I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I consider myself relatively open minded, but that that got me. I knew what happened. I didn't know what happened on the subway. Yeah, got so, it. So. But yeah, beautiful place. And 
Let me see if I can pull this segue off. Are you ready, Scott? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. Let's say we're people who live in New York. We're New Yorkers, New Yorker rights, you know, and uh, we are one of the privileged, burdened few that uh, is, you know, a car owner, you know, like you, you own a car, I own a car. Mm-hmm. It's two cars between us. We're already paying, can I say out the wazoo? Sure. We're paying quite a bit for yeah. our parking spaces, our fees, our gas, surely, uh, and... Then along comes winter, and we, you and I, in this situation, we're of the mind. We're snowbirds, right? We mm-hmm. migrate, so uh, we're going to leave our cars. Oh. Is that a bad idea? You put. Oh, I, I would probably drive in the winter. Yeah. I like. I just. I was with you up until this point. Okay. I, I like to drive in the winter time. Okay, but up to that point, you got me. You're good. So you you would you would do what with your vehicle? Right. Okay. Let's say that's even better. Let's say that. <laughs> I'm just asking you for help with my hypothetical vehicle. Sure. Or even better, Scott, you catch me walking away. And I've just, I've just like left my vehicle on the street. Just turned off the key and, and turned off the key, walked away. Put a little post-it on it and says, "Back soon. Don't break in." <laughs> Back in March. <laughs> okay. All right. I understand. So you wanted, you want tips on how to store your car then? Yeah. How do we, how do we get this process started? Well, there's okay. The idea is that if you have a car that's that's Something that you want to uh, to put away for a while. If you want to, um, um, you know, put it away for winter time, or maybe even for summertime, if it's the other side of the equation. You know that, um, you know, you uh, you got a car that you drive strictly in winter. You got a car that you drive strictly in summertime. You want to switch these vehicles. Oh, so, that's the life, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess it would be. Or if you have a second home, you know, and you've traveled to the the second home that's in Florida from Michigan, and you want to sure. uh, store a vehicle in one of the two places, you have to do that. Um, there's just a lot of different reasons why you would mm-hmm. want to store your car, but um, basically what it's all about is just taking precautions so that when you go back to that vehicle and turn the key eventually, we'll talk about all the steps getting to that point, but right. um, that it will start up again. Because um, there's, a, there's a real risk that once you park it and leave it for a long period of time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like over winter time, there's a good chance that it won't start again when you when you go to start up again if you don't do certain things. Right. Yeah, you can't just leave it on the on the corner or like all those Mustangs, you well, can't just park it. And you've got uh you've got firsthand experience with uh with probably one of the biggest problems uh with winter storage, right? Oh, you know exactly. Yeah, uh, so yes. go ahead. This is kind of what led us to this, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go, you're absolutely well, right. Go ahead and hit us okay. with what happened cuz um it's a smaller version of, of mm. what could happen in a car. And so you could imagine the frustration that would happen. If oh, that. you should have seen me, man. I was livid. Well, okay. What happened? All right. So just briefly, yes, uh, we have had this experience happen before. It did lead to this. I had a lawnmower. I rent, but, you know, I'm respectable. I, I mow the lawn mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't want to look like the bad people in the neighborhood. Sure. Um, but I don't mow it in winter because it's just not growing down here. Yeah. And so I leave the lawnmower. Uh, you know, I covered it. I wasn't a complete uh I wasn't completely uninformed but then lo and behold when I brought it out cuz over here the grass you can watch it grow mm-hmm. in spring and uh it was just time I couldn't put it off anymore my landlord was asking me questions too and uh so I tried to start it and it just wouldn't wouldn't go it would start for a little while then would stop and would start and what had happened was I had left fuel in there over the winter mm-hmm. and I had that's I, I hadn't even put any stabilizer in there or anything. I didn't even fill it up all the way. Mm-hmm. It was just literally what was done the last time I mowed. And uh, 
for a second, man, I thought I was going to lose it. I thought I would have to get a professional or take it in to, uh, you know, maybe give up the ghost and trade in on a different lawnmower. Sure, but you cleaned it up and it worked just fine, right? Yes, with the with your sage advice <laughs> and the help of the uh, the help of the internet, and actually a little help from our website. I oh, did very good. Out. Yeah, very good. And you know, honestly, that that's a uh, that's a small version of what could happen in a stored vehicle, and that's a real common common problem. So don't feel too bad about uh, leaving the gas in there over the winter because. A lot of people do that. They leave just a, uh, you know, maybe a quarter tank of fuel in there with no sure. stabilizer, uh, dry gas is what it's called sometimes. Um, that's probably one of the worst things you could do is leave your, your fuel tank either empty mm. or forget that stabilizer. And, and in the best case, you would do both. You would add a stabilizer of some kind. You can get mm. these at um, even, you know, you can get them at hardware stores even. Yeah. Um, or gas stations or, uh, you know, of course, auto parts stores. Um but the the idea is that you should leave it with a full tank of gas um, mm. if you can. The uh, the one better than that is, like I said, to add the stabilizer. And one important thing that a lot of people forget about the stabilizer is that once you add the stabilizer, um, you need to drive the vehicle around a little bit in For order like to get twenty minutes. Or something. Yeah, in order to get it not only mixed in the tank, you know, with that with the the uh, the fluid that's in there, but you or the gas that's in there, you also want it to get it through the lines um, that that lead up to the engine. So mm-hmm. um, you want to make sure that it, it circulates through the system. So just drive it a little bit and then work this stuff in, mm-hmm. um, and that'll that'll go a long way in getting your car started again once you once you pull it out of storage. So. Um, Man, I've got a whole bunch of things here that are just a uh, just a big compilation of mm-hmm. a bunch of lists that I found and just kind of common knowledge things that I've known, you know, picked up on the way. Um, so I guess I'll just read through them, and if you have anything to say, go ahead. If not, that's this, okay too. Yeah, this might be a, a little bit of a of a list off, my friend. I'm curious to see what we have what we have going on here because you know well, there's some conflict, there's some differing opinions. There there is on a few things, like um, you know the the. Um, the fuel system—that's one thing. A mm-hmm. lot of people say drain the fuel completely, drain it, and uh, and run the car completely dry. Um, others say that's not a good idea. You right, know, leave it, the fuel full tank. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there's just there's all kinds of different perspectives on this. You know, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about the tires, the the engine. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll we'll just go through we'll the list. Just, and, yeah, exactly. And you can uh, you can point out where my flaws are here. I bet you know what? No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cheer you on, man. <laughs> you, we know that you're right. Uh, I know that. Everybody agrees, at least on this one thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a storage facility. That's well, the first step, right? Well, it, that's if you don't have room for it in your own house, of course. Mm-hmm. Because well, that's, uh, uh, also your garage. You, you, really sh- you really should keep it covered if you can. If mm-hmm. you're talking about a winter climate. Now, here in Atlanta, you may be okay because we only have – we do have condensation. We get a lot of humidity. Yeah. But in the winter time, uh, the winter months – um, it, the humidity goes way down. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's good uh, for storage. But just to keep it out of the elements is is much much better. So if you're able to find a covered parking area of some kind, you know whether that's renting a storage facility or that's uh, your own garage. Great great excuse to finally clean your garage. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Trying to find some room to shove that classic car in there. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few different precautions here that we we can talk about. But mm. um, again, start. If you can, start with an interior space. That's the best way to go. And if I read a couple of these out of order, forgive me. I've got several lists that I'm you know, pulling from here. And like I said, just some of my own stuff along the way. So, Are you ready? Um, let's, uh, let's see if our, uh, our producers here can put in a little bit of get ready to go music. All right. All right. So here we go. 
after we, after we do the gas, what we've already talked about, right? Right. Um, it's a good idea to change the oil and filter at this point. And that is just a, again, just another preventative because, you know, you've got, no matter what level you're at, if, you, if you've put 100 miles on the car, just go ahead and do it again because this is just something that's going to stay in there all winter long and you want to get it worked into the system, a nice clean oil change and, and a filter, of course, you know, to make sure that the, uh, you know, the filter is working and, and mm-hmm. operational. You want to filter it through at least once. So, again, once you get the, uh, the oil and filter changed, drive it around the block maybe a couple of times. Just stay near your house. Just, just work it all in. Make sure that all the fresh new oil gets into every passage of the engine and gets everything kind of lubricated up and, and ready to sit for a long time because that's really important. Um, it prevents you know any kind of corrosion from happening inside your engine. Uh, you want to have it as well lubricated as possible. So um, change the oil and filter. That's mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, you're also going to want to... Um, you know, again, this is not in any particular order because we're going to go back to fluids in a minute here. But, yeah. but also, you want to take out the spark plugs, and this goes along with the uh, the lubrication. That's why I'm mentioning mm-hmm. it now. Uh, you want to take out the spark plugs, and you want to squirt some oil on the top of each cylinder in the combustion chamber. Just I, not very much, though. No, not very much. Just a, just a, just a little squirt on the top of each one is enough. You know, WD forty, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, regular engine, not not WD forty, but probably go with like an engine oil. Okay. Or um, there, there's specific oil for top-end lubrication like this. I think it's called um, – ah, shoot, I'll, I'll come up with it in a minute. It's like Marvin's Marvelous Oil or something like Stop that. Stop thinking about it, and then it'll just yeah, come Yeah, I know. It, I'll, it'll come up to me later. Um, but the idea is that that coats the top of the cylinders, and it works its way around the pistons, and it keeps the, uh, the rings from uh, seizing up along the cylinder walls. And even if they adhere just a little bit when it comes to startup time again, whenever that is um, – Hopefully they'll be free still, and they won't uh, they won't scratch the cylinder walls because they'll just you know the engine force will just rip them apart. So yeah. um, much better to to have everything lubricated like that. Um, and then you don't don't forget to put the plugs back in because you want to you know cover up those holes too. Oh, I should write you know, that part down be, because uh, you have <laughs> mice tucking stuff in there or uh, you know birds trying to make a nest inside there, and that's bad news. And we're going to get to that too. Yeah, <laughs> we will. Yeah. So um, the next thing I'd say is seal off the intake and exhaust openings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is obvious because you don't want uh, you don't want condensation to get in either one. Uh, but you also this is one of those things you want to keep the mice and squirrels and uh, other rodents out of there. Um, you know, birds from making a nest under your hood because that they do do that. And mm-hmm. if you get them tucking you know nesting material in uh, you know in your exhaust pipe, that's bad news as well when sure. you start it up. And um, you know the intake of course because it'll pull everything right back into the engine. So uh, just. Be preventative on, on that. You want to either wrap it with a towel or a plastic bag and put a rubber band around it so that it seals off nice and tight. You don't want to just cover it loosely with a rag because, you know, that's just more nesting material. Right. If you <laughs> stuff a rag in there, uh, that's personal experience too, man. If you just stuff a rag in, mm-hmm. in the exhaust, yeah. all, all you're doing is providing free construction material for the vermin condo. <laughs> that's right. right? <laughs> that's right. The squirrels will hide that right along with their nuts. Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. anyways. <laughs> All right, so remove the uh, next thing is remove the battery, um, or at least the connections, and make sure you clean mm-hmm. them at the time. And uh, just you know, that's just preventative maintenance. Also, just clean them, clean the terminals on the battery. Mm-hmm. Either leave the battery in place and just you know secure the cables out of the way, or you can take the battery out, which is preferred. And uh, make sure you put it on wood or something like that. Don't put it on concrete. Uh, put it on wood, something that stays dry, and uh, just keep it either charged with a. Uh, there's a trickle charger that you can get. 
Um, yeah. Or you can uh, you can simply just make sure it's topped off and it stays relatively warm. If you're you know if you have a heated garage, that's that's much better. You don't want it to get dramatically cold because uh, that's bad news for your battery. It'll kill it quick. Right. Uh, yeah. But these trickle chargers, those are I've seen those from fifteen dollars to about one hundred and fifty dollars, and what they do is they just continually keep a charge in the battery and it, and it maintains that battery use, you know, right up to the point, like, is if you're driving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in the springtime, you won't have any problem putting that that battery right back in the car. And even if it's $150, if you're in a situation where you routinely store a car, I think mm-hmm. it's a good investment. Yeah, I think it is too. And I mean, honestly, even the $15 version, it's kind of up to you with the features that you want and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, I guess, um, you know the brand name that you want to uh, sure. want to pay for that type of thing, but yeah. um, they all do the same thing basically. Um, if you really want to get down to it, so uh, trickle <laughs> charger is a good idea no matter what to keep your battery up. Um, we did cover a car. What about washing? Uh, definitely wash the car. Yeah, that's a good one. You that you, uh, you have any pointers on that or no? Uh, also wax it if you can because of the corrosion. Seriously, it's it sounds like a really general easy thing to say. But it is important, and also, I like washing cars, mm-hmm. so I don't have a problem with no, it. No, it's extremely yeah. important. Yeah. Um, you know, not only that, but it gets any kind of um, abrasive off the surface. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you do that, that kind of now there's another thing that gives uh, a lot of people a little bit of difficulty in deciding whether or not it's good or bad. Um, you would think that it would be good to cover your car, right? Right. With yeah. one of those nice soft, uh, you know. Velour type you yeah. know, covers that you can put over a car, monogrammed, what, of course. Yeah, and if it's outdoor, you know, it's got kind of like a plastic layer on mm-hmm. it as well. I mean, inside they're a little bit softer, but uh, there's seams. There's also, you know, every time you leave a little bit of dust in your car, and if you rub your finger across it, you can see it scratching the clear coat. Yeah. So if you've got a car cover on your car over the winter time, and you're moving that car cover around, or even if it just gets moved by wind or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's you know abrading the paint. It's scratching the paint. And uh, so a lot of people have this kind of idea that maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't cover the car. It's good to keep the dust off of it. It's good to keep mm-hmm. it covered, you know, just out of the elements and, you know, the sunshine off of it, et cetera, if it's in a place where sun can reach it, um, which it shouldn't be. Um, but <laughs> By the way. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> but um, honestly, I could, I could tell you one thing that, that will work just as well. What's that? Uh, if you put a uh, an oscillating fan on the vehicle so that it covers all all edges of the vehicle from one end to the other, mm-hmm. that airflow is much better for the vehicle. If you've got just a, uh, a simple fan that you can set up in your garage, you leave the car uncovered, and just let the oscillating fan run over over the car you know, continuously all winter long. Uh, I had a friend who was restoring a 67 or 68 Firebird. I can't remember which was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just got it back from the shop. You know, He had it, the, the frame powder coated and the whole deal. You know, the paint, uh, the uh, body was painted. Nothing else was done. But it was the winter time. And oh. so it's kind of a bad time to get that back, but yeah, good time to get it ready for spring. But um, he told the the body shop person told him just leave a fan on this thing, and it'll keep uh, not only dust from forming, it'll keep the spiders off of it. It'll keep uh, you know he was in his garage, so he didn't have to worry about small animals other than like maybe a you know a mouse or something. But sure. I think they find it unpleasant enough that they may not want to stay, might not want to stay there. That's awesome. That's yeah, it's, like a, it's a it's a good tip. It's a great tip. I mean, it's so simple. You may, you know, of course you have to pay for the fan running, but big deal. You know, it's just a, a simple fan. It doesn't draw much much current. Mm-hmm. So, um, an oscillating fan works just as well as a car cover in some cases. Mm, I'm doing the tap my forehead thing. Yeah. That's a that's a good idea. Yeah. We're getting near the end. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you want to make sure that all your fluids are topped off, yes. except for the uh, the washer fluid. You want to drain that. 
Now, why is that? Because I've read the same thing. I believe – I've got a theory on this. And my, right. my best guess is that because that's one of those fluids that if it's not pure, if it's not you know the, the, uh, the type that doesn't freeze, mm-hmm. you may, it may freeze and crack the bottle uh, because it's just a plastic bottle. Oh, um, okay. And you're not using it regularly. It's, there's no need to, to keep it full. Um, and it's not providing any kind of lubrication or, or um, you know, corrosion preventative. Uh, it's not sustaining measure. the system. Exactly. It's not doing anything really other than, you know, just sitting there collecting, uh, you know, hopefully not collecting, but maybe there's some sediment or something that would gather in there. Um, you know, you should flush that out, of course, in the yeah. spring, but we'll talk about that next podcast. Next, oh yeah, yeah. No, spoiler alert. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, wait though, we can't get away without talking about. Are, are we going to hit up tires? Um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to make sure that you know, like they know that the, we're talking about the trans fluid, the axle fluid. Oh yeah. Um, of course, the oil, the power mm-hmm. steering, the brake fluid, and brake the brake fluid. fluid is important. If uh, if the brake fluid looks bad right now, you know, when you're putting the car away, mm-hmm. if it's not clear, go ahead and change it. Just flush it out because that means there's uh, some type of contamination in it, and that's bad news. A lot of times people want to avoid that one because, you know, the the brake thing can be a pain. It sometimes. really can. So. It really can. If it gets uh if it gets water in it and and brake fluid is I'm gonna I'm gonna try this word. All right. Hygro hygroscopic? Hygroscopic. Hygroscopic. Uh-huh. And that means that it absorbs moisture. Uh, so brake fluid absorbs moisture, and that's why you can never leave a uh, like a cap off of a, a brake fluid bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, it will absorb moisture like crazy, and then of course that lowers the boiling temperature of the fluid because it boils at a much higher temperature than water does, and uh, that that causes all kinds of problems with your braking. That'll that lead to air in the brake lines and uh, and some real real problems in the spring. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a good time to just check all that stuff out. Check everything out right now because you might as well. You know, check it off your list for spring. Every time you don't want to do one of these chores, mm-hmm. just put yourself in the future <laughs> when your car doesn't start because exactly. you something. And yeah. you're dying to get that thing out of the garage. Oh, yeah. Because that's the other aspect of this is that, you know, you're, you're anxious in the spring. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, you can take your time, do it the right way. You know what? That's really, that's really cool. I yeah. should, I should approach more things in my life that way. Mm, yeah, it works. But we're not done. Oh, no. More. So you said you wanted to mention tires, right? I do want to mention tires because mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a of a difference here, and I really wanted your opinion on this as mm-hmm. well as some listeners. Uh, some folks say, some folks recommend to uh, put the car up on jack stands mm-hmm. because they say that it will relieve weight from the tires, basically from the suspension, from the oh, sus- and the tires. You're right, yeah, You're and right. the tires. But mm-hmm. the problem is that other people are saying. You shouldn't do that, or you shouldn't put blocks under the frame either, because this makes the suspension droop, and it takes the uh, springs and bushings in an unnatural area, um, or excuse me, unnatural state. So if you want to protect your suspension, then you should support the car in a different way. Hmm. And I thought I thought this was interesting. Now I got I got this off of uh, two differing lists, um, both of which. Also agree in uh, most of the other points, but this I'm, is yeah. I'm squinting at you. You're squinting. You know why? Why? Because I think it just I was just thinking about the uh, the natural versus unnatural position of a spring. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that true? That it, when yeah. the uh, when there's no weight on it, that's the natural position of a spring, right? It's it's uns- yeah. it's unsprung, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So if it's sprung, that's the unnatural position, right? Yeah. So when you've got a full the full weight of the vehicle on the spring, I believe that's the unnatural position. And the spring is trying to fight its. It's trying to 
push back. Yeah, it's trying to it's trying to push unscrew, back. So yeah. it's it's naturally in the uh, I guess elongated. You know, the spring mm-hmm. if the, if there's no weight on that spring, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like that's the natural position, and that would be the more uh, I guess correct way because that's the way they sit on shelves for years and years and years, waiting for us to use them. Right? Oh, okay. Is that go correct? On. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and a lot of people will go so far as to say you need to take the tires off of your car, and there's no way to leave a car on the ground if you've got tires off the car. See, that's the thing. I would I would almost if I was depending on the length of time mm-hmm. and because of the composition of tires, I would almost would just rather take them off. Because mm-hmm. I, I, every time that I've seen a car long-term storage and somebody wasn't careful, one of the first things that happens is the tires flatten. Oh, yeah, on just on the bottom. You yeah. get a, a flat, flat spot, spot on the tire. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There's, there's one way to prevent that that I've seen on a few other lists. Uh, you can, and I... I hesitate to mention this, so it's it's rough. But okay, overinflate the tires. Um, oh. I've seen I've seen someone mention that you know you take it up to I don't know like fifty five psi or something like that. You know, way way overinflate them, and then even then you still want to kind of move the car around just a little bit so it's not resting on the same spot for you know four months at a time. Yeah, uh, that's that's not good. So if you do leave the vehicle or leave the, the tires on the vehicle and on the ground. I'd say overinflate the tires because that makes that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have much, as much of a flat spot on the bottom. They're they're harder. Uh, they retain more of a round shape at mm-hmm. that point. Um, the other thing is that make sure you use jack stands or you use blocks uh, to support it in the right spot. You know, make sure that it's safe. Do not leave a car up on hydraulic jack uh, hydraulic jacks. Yeah, it's just a bad it, idea. It will it will eventually creep down to the point where it's back on the ground again. And that's dangerous for a lot of reasons. So mm-hmm. um, definitely make sure you get it off the jacks and onto jack stands. It's worth it. Uh, and also, we alluded to it earlier, don't just block up your intake. Don't just, you know, here's a quick one. If you've got a convertible, for Pete's sake, man, don't put the convertible top down. No. It's going to look so nasty. No, it's going to be so gross. When it when it, when it opens up, it's going to be uh, permanently uh, creased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the way that it goes into the trunk. And you can't take it to a dry cleaner. <laughs> I don't think you can. Can you, you iron those? Can you I iron? bet you I bet you could there is someone who will iron your convertible there top. Probably is, yeah. There is someone. There's a business idea. They're listening now. Yep, that's right. They're making a million <laughs> bucks off of our idea. You're welcome, guys. Yeah. Anytime. Uh also, um you want to have mouse traps, mice traps, rat traps, right? Really? Okay, I that's a good one. You, you mean around the vehicle, not around in the vehicle, not yeah. in the vehicle. Yeah, um, yeah. You want to keep the pests away, so mm-hmm. uh, it's up to you if you want the humane ones or the ones that kill them. I would say, honestly, not to sound too cold-hearted, but if you're not going to be there for a while, just get the ones that killed them right away. <laughs> as <laughs> terrible as that sounds, yeah. I know it sounds terrible, but hey, you know what? I've got uh, I, this is a tiny bit off the topic, topic, but not much. Yeah. Here's the problem with rat poison. Net, or mouse poison. I've had mouse poison. I've had to use it in a house in a condo that I had one time. And uh, the problem is they grab the mouse poison. And they run off. And they run off and then they die in the wall somewhere. They die yep. in your car somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, mice like to be near where it's where there's heat. And uh, you can imagine what a dead mouse smells like after about a couple of weeks. In the um, heater. <laughs> yeah, next to the heater. Yeah. So uh, that's a bad idea. Ben's probably right. I know it sounds cruel, but um, unless you're going to be able to somehow maintain this population. Or get someone to clean it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or or haul them 10 miles out into the country and release them, you know, 
humanely. That's uh, fine too. Another concern, which I know is not going to sound as terrible, but may sound mean, because uh, you have a lot of young listeners. Look, I I have had some checkered times as a, as a kid, some misadventures sneaking <laughs> into garages. Not going to name names. Uh, so if you want to keep children away, my solution is, and I guess Scott. You'll back me up on this, hopefully. Just make a sign that says something like "free math lessons and vegetables." And you know what I mean? <laughs> that would have totally worked with that's, me. That's much better. Than, I thought you were going to say kid traps. No, are you kidding? Well, I, I don't something. know. I, oh. I I don't know. I thought you were going on the kid trap. I think free math lessons and vegetables will work. Yeah, just that's fine. probably just fine. That yeah. would keep them away. Brussels sprouts on board. Something <laughs> yeah. like that. Wholesale Brussels sprouts. Yes. Yeah, something like that. All right. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I just found this note. What is it? Before you do any of this, it might not be a bad idea to put down a, uh, a plastic sheet below the vehicle, over the, behind, below the whole thing. You drive right on top of it and do all this right on top of the plastic oh, sheet. Oh, that's right. Not only does it keep the fluids from getting onto the ground if they do happen to leak, which they probably Can happen, will, yeah. yeah, but it also um, acts as vapor as a vapor barrier, um, kind of like you know in a crawl space. Um, so if yeah. you're parked on a, a concrete slab, uh, moisture won't. Kind of, you know, weep or wick through the, the concrete into your vehicle and, you know, cause underbody damage. Uh, so, you know, just if you think about it, put a plastic sheet down or some type of absorbent pad. Mm-hmm. And that does uh, not only the fluids, but also the vapor barrier thing. Well, we already told people who were going a little bit out of order. Yeah. So no. <laughs> and you mentioned, uh, you know, keeping animals away. Yes. Another good thing is uh, you've probably heard of, you know, putting the car in mothballs or something like yeah, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea. Just a few, not boxes of these things, but mm. just a few. If you want to scatter a few mothballs in the trunk area or mm. the uh, the interior even um, or the engine compartment, that's not a bad idea. It kind of keeps the uh, the animals away for you know a brief amount of time. Uh, they may not smell the greatest, but you know you can air things out when uh, when springtime comes, and it won't it won't last for long. Yeah, that's it's true. an unpleasant smell, but it's springtime. Eh. You'll drive with the windows down. That's right. Who the doesn't love down? that fresh mothball smell? I don't know. I don't know who doesn't love that. I always thought it was. I was like, why don't they flavor candy this yeah. way? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. All right, so I've only got a couple more. You want yeah, to yeah. just hit them real quick, hit and them. then we're all right. Uh, wash and wax, clean. Them. Oh, don't forget to clean the interior when you do the uh, when you do the outside too. It, it's just a good time to do that type of thing. Um, but the the one thing that you want to make sure is that you get all of the moisture out of the car before you let it let it stay open. If you've you know shampooed the carpets or the upholstery. Let it dry out because in mm. the springtime you're going to find a lot of mildew and mold, um, and that's definitely not what you want to do. I've, I've had you know friends that have done this with boats, and they close them up the day that they clean them and without letting it air out. And guess what? In the springtime, it's just a moldy mess, you know, or mildew smelling mess, and you just yeah. can't get rid of it. It stays forever. So um, that's probably eh, maybe near the last. I got one other, two more things. You got a curveball. Not not curveball really. All right. um, make sure you take the wipers off the car, which a lot of people don't remember to do. Um, they will kind of semi seal themselves to the windows mm. if you leave it for too long without moving. Um, not only damages the uh, um, the wiper itself, you know, the, the rubber part, which won't be any good in a few months anyways. Right. Uh, but it also um, it's not good for the window, the glass anyways. So um, just do that, and then also remember to wrap the arms with something that's soft, so that if you do inadvertently hit the switch. When you're turning the car back on, it won't scratch your windows. Or even mm. just you know laying them back on the glass won't scratch the windows. Last thing. Last thing. This is the very last thing. I promise. This is, is a long most, list. Is it the most important? I. You know what? This may be, and what? this kind of this will tie us in nicely to our next podcast. Yeah. Okay. When you're done with all of what you've done here, when you when you're finished every one of these steps, 
be sure to write down exactly what you have have accomplished that day or that week or however long it takes you to store your car because when you come back to bring that car out of storage you'll remember every single thing then you won't you won't forget that yeah i've got a uh, a piece of plastic wrapped around the intake that's why it's not starting <laughs> i forgot to i forgot to put in new spark plugs that's why it's not starting i forgot to take the uh uh, the uh, the rag out of the tailpipe. Oh, you're you good. Know, so, you're good, Roundhouse. So remember, and you don't want to get the engine too hot with a bunch of mothballs on it either. So that's not a bad idea. <laughs> right. So write down everything that you've done mm. and use that as your checklist in the springtime to go back and undo everything that we've just done. Beautiful, man. That's it. That put a that put a bow on it. And uh, I never thought of that. But speaking of writing things down, it's just a good strategy anyway, because if you write us an email, then you might end up being like one of these new folks we're about to introduce you to in our listener mail. All right, Ben, we've got a piece of listener mail here from Scott, and Scott is from Springfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Scott, uh, Scott says, hey, just listen to your Route 66 podcast, and he got a kick. <laughs> In quotes. Is that funny? (laughs) Route 66. Um, Out of your mention of the Cozy Dog in Springfield, Illinois. It says, I live in Springfield, but I'm not originally from here. So when I moved here, I heard a lot of hype surrounding the famous Cozy Dog. Mm, Okay. All right. So if you remember, we talked about what the heck is a Cozy Dog. And we said that, is it a corn dog or, you know, something different? Like a hot dog? Yeah, exactly. He said, all a Cozy Dog is is a corn dog. At least that's what anyone outside of Springfield would call it. And your podcast, whether you talk, you talk about whether it's a hot dog on a stick or corn dog, and, and said maybe it's blasphemous to ask, but uh, they might get very angry. And he says he's here to tell you that that it is. It's a corn dog. <laughs> so he's an outsider. He can say that, I guess, right? Yeah. He's now living in Springfield, uh, but he says any Springfield native will correct you if you call them or if you if you tell them that it's a corn dog. So do take the exception. Uh, to them, be, they do take exception to the, them being called anything else. Okay. So it's a cozy dog. You cannot say corn dog to someone from Springfield, but um, he's letting us know that essentially it's corn dog. Thanks, Scott from Springfield. I'm yeah. wiping my forehead. And you made me read that one. <laughs> yeah, take that? the I'll take the guff, right? You're not gonna take the guff. Uh, it's corn dog. Cozy dog is a corn dog. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I have to stick by you, man. You know, I'm the, I'm the. Uh, I got. I've got no comparison. <laughs> Poncho fine. and Lefty. That's fine. Okay, no, we'll no, go with that. Let it go. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up our uh, newest podcast here. We hope that we've helped you uh, get some steps for preparing your car for storage in winter, summer, anytime you're not going to be around it. And little do people know that this is a two-part episode. Is that right, Mister? That's B? correct. Yeah, we're going to do uh, the other part of this equation next time. And that is how to take your car out of storage. So uh, listen for that. Coming up soon. And we'll see you next time. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.